Abby. And I'm Caitlin. And today we will be covering the first three novellas in the Mindfuck series by S.T. Abby. God rest her soul. Yes. Unfortunately, she has passed away tragically. I think like in 2001. Yeah. 2001? Yeah. Oh, no. Sorry. 2021. Okay. Okay. That's, I thought it was 2021. Yeah. 2021, not 2001. Help. Not literally 22 years ago. Yeah, recently. So, yeah, I'm excited to cover these books. They're a lot of fun. <laughs> a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know if fun is, like, the word I would use, but... Like, yeah, me either, but I'm leaving it. Um, <laughs> so, I'm going to read the back of the book. It's the book where they're all combined into one. So, it says, monsters can come in many forms. They took too much, left too little. I had nothing to lose until him. I didn't expect him. I didn't want to fall in love, but I can't let him go. Logan Bennett makes the world a safer place. He's brilliant. He's a hero. He locks away the sick and depraved. But while he's saving lives, I'm taking them, collecting the debts that are owed to me. Ten years ago, they took from me. They left me for dead. They should have made sure I stayed dead. Now I'm taking from them, one name at a time. I've trained for too long. I've been patient. I can't stop now. Revenge is best served cold. They never see me coming until I paint their walls red. Logan doesn't know how they hurt me. He doesn't know about the screams they ignored. He doesn't know how twisted that town really is. He just knows people are dying. He doesn't know he's in love with their killer. No one suspects a dead girl, and Logan doesn't suspect the girl in his bed. They're looking for a monster, not a girl who loves red, not a girl in love. I'm a faceless nightmare, at least until I tell them the story they've pretended never happened. But in the end, will Logan choose them or will we watch them burn together? That was at least 52 separate sentences. Yeah, I I feel like that could have been shortened for sure. Um, that, that pretty much gives you a good idea of what's going on. That is the whole book, the whole <laughs> series. Yeah. So yeah, you don't even need to read it. Just kidding. Uh, so what would you rate the first three novellas? I did rate the first three kind of lower than I did the last two. Um, I gave them a 6.5 out of 10. So the general theme of the book, um, or the books together were really, really good. I thought it was like a very refreshing, like, theme and that was awesome however Mm -hmm. it was very like repetitive um a little cringy I think we'll talk about this a little bit later there were you know a lot of like errors with editing which when you're a self-published author it's bound to happen for sure but there were a lot yeah Um, and it it got to be a little bit distracting every once in a while so it kind of takes away points for me so I agree I rated them a little (laughs) bit lower than the last two um, I would rate these like a seven out of 10 because I also, I do love the concept, but like some of it also kind of felt like, <laughs> like bad Wattpad. Yeah. Which again, you know, we'll kind of talk about things that we didn't like, but yeah, that I feel like those things are the only things that kind of took away. <laughs> but it wasn't from... bad yeah. by any means. No, I would definitely say it was good and I enjoyed it. Um, I just think that there are things that, if they had been better, been done better, it would have made it like great for me. Yeah, for sure. The characters were very like awesome in this book. I really did enjoy most of them. So the 
main character of this whole series is Lana, aka Victoria Evans. So she is just like a bad bitch. Yeah. Like, honestly, well, I really liked that she felt very, again, I'm going to use the word Wattpad, but she felt very Wattpad MC to me. Yeah. But I liked her. And a lot of times, like, when you get that vibe, you don't really like the MC that much. I liked her. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Because, like, I feel like a lot of the time when you get a very damaged main female character like that, you also get, like, just the really unfortunate, like, oh, I'm super weird and no one could ever like me and I'm not like all the other girls type of thing. Like, I didn't get that a whole lot from Lana. It was more just, like... I've got a one-track mind, like, I am very focused on this, like, I am here to accomplish this task and this task alone. And it's like to me is, like, boss, babe. Yeah, absolutely, girl. I love that you have a plan. And it's not just like, Mm -hmm. oh, my God, why would this super hot, like, FBI agent ever be interested in little me? She's like, no, I know I'm hot. Like, I paid a lot of money for this face. uh, Yeah, like, whenever um the first like fbi agent comes over craig and like tries to hit on her she's like fuck the absolute fuck off my good sir she's like i know what i'm about Craig." (laughs) and she even goes to tell off logan because he like paid for her coffee or whatever and then (laughs) she ends up being like oh but he kind of cute though (laughs) and he was funny like logan as much as like sometimes his character is also super cringy he is a very funny likable character yes agreed I do Uh also like that she's kind of, like, multidimensional, too, because it's, like, a lot of the time you're, like, how do these people have this many? Like, how do they do all these things? It seems very unrealistic, but it's, like, they started their own business, and, like, they do, like, a bunch of side stuff, and it's, like, I don't know. She's just a cool character mixed with Jake. Yeah. Plus, whenever she did, like, kind of take over that girl's identity, Kennedy Carlisle, she kind of, like, hustled some money that way, too. She came into a, a lump sum of money. Yeah, and I thought that was so badass because it, like, really set them up for success in their (laughs) revenge plan, and I love that for them. A couple of boss babes. So next we'll talk about Logan, and honestly, I love him. Um, (laughs) He is giving himbo. We know he's hot, and he is so fucking oblivious. Uh, It's amazing. He's so dumb. Yeah. He's He's so smart, but so dumb. Yeah. For sure. He's just like, wow, red flags, never heard of her. I'm in love with this woman. And it's like, there were a lot of red flags, man. Yes. And he even was like, wow, something changed in her eyes. Like they've gone cold. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, it's like, my God. don't know what that could possibly be about. He's Oh, wow. You're being targeted. Like, and you got out alive. Like, you're super lucky. Yeah, he's like, oh, wow, you, like, luckily stabbed this gigantic man, and he's way more bruised than you are? That's crazy. That's actually wild. Yeah. Must be from something else. fortunate. He's like, wow, you really had an angel watching over you. Ah, bless his heart. I just felt so fulfilled by the fact that he was just actively searching for like who Lana like the Scarlet Angel yeah like this whole book and Lana is just like yeah here let me help you look too yeah (laughs) honestly like it's such a good plot I love the plot and I think I'm sure that this plot maybe exists elsewhere in literature or media of some sort but I've never read it I loved it 
Um, it what was a cool so plot. good to me. Yeah. 10 out of 10. For uh, Jake. Precious Jake. angel baby Jake. So what I love about Jake is that not only is he a ride or die, but he also is just very self-aware of the mistakes he's made in the past. So, I mean, he talks a little bit in all the books about how he maybe wasn't the best, you know, partner when it came to Victoria's brother and how he kind of like loved him in the shadows type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and until he was gone, he didn't realize like how much he really needed him. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I am glad that he ended up, you know, being there for Lana and like helps her, you know, with this plot with, you know, getting revenge because it's the way he feels like he can honor Marcus's memory. Yeah. Cause it honestly breaks my heart too, because of course he was scared to love Marcus out in the open because that town that they lived in was horrifying. Scary. Yeah. And like, we see what happens to Victoria and Marcus and. Um, we don't really get like the details until like the later novellas, but it's horrifying. And I'm sure that Jake would have been attacked that night as well if he was there or if he had openly just by um, association. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't like blame him at all for what he did. Also, they were so young. Like, yeah, I mean, I feel like at 17, like, you know, it's, that was his first real love. And yeah, I don't think he really understood the, if people are telling you like they would have been in that town, they're like telling you that that's wrong. And like, you can't love that person. Then you wouldn't, you wouldn't have had like the confidence and the self-assuredness to go against that, especially at that age. Well, and especially in that town, which we will talk about more in the next episode, but yes. I do feel very bad for him. My heart breaks for him, but I do think he is a very, like, he had a lot of redemption. Oh, yes. Especially in the last novella. So good. Yeah. So really, we're we're only going to talk about one more character for the first three because the other characters don't really come into play until, like, the end, to be honest. Um, But Hadley... When she was first introduced, I did not like her. I was like, this bitch is going to be a problem because she comes and she like uh, confronts Lana about like her identity and her name change and all that stuff. Um, but honestly, she was just like looking out for Logan. She's a true friend. So I know I was like, mind your fucking business. Like, <laughs> my God. But like, to be honest, like Logan's ignoring all the red flags, but she's yeah. a real one. So she's like, no, I'm going to look into this. Well, at first I I was like, is she just like jealous? But I was like, no, she actually just genuinely cares. (laughs) She actually is just scared because Lana is like, right. She should be like, she like, that was a good call on her part. But then later on, like when she understands the truth of what's going on, when she's like witnesses what Lana does to the boogeyman and then realizes that Lana is the one that killed her ex-stepfather she realizes what is really going on and she like and you know we're going to talk more about like morally gray characters and unbreakable loyalty to her after that yeah she is like you know what you're right and I really loved that like complexity that it brought to her character because at first like I really was not vibing with her I was like I don't trust her but then like there's that solidarity 
Well, and what I think I like too is that even though she's very unwavering in Lana's cause, she's like, you're doing the right thing. She's like, I still think you're maybe not the best person. (laughs) And I can respect that because she's like, hey, you're like a little aggressive sometimes. Yeah. No, and I, I think mean, that really balances Lana out. It's so true because <laughs> like in later novellas, whenever she's like pissed at, at someone else on their team, Hadley is like, "You, hey, just so you know, you cannot murder her. Like, You cannot be killing people for fun. <laughs> and she's like, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Love it. Love that for her. Um, so some things that we liked about this novella, there are a lot of really, really good things about the first three. We already talked a little bit about the plot, but we love a good forbidden romance. This one was just a little different, though, yeah, because it's like she doesn't want to let herself get attached to this man who is actively, you know, trying to put her behind bars because she knows exactly how this is going to end. Yeah. But she can't help but loving him. And that's so beautiful. It's honestly so sweet. She's like not willing to give up her revenge, which I respect. And she's like, but honestly, you know what? I deserve a little bit of happiness in my life while I can. And she does. And she does. And I love that um, in this particular dynamic that the serial killer is a woman. Uh, I just think that's like fun. Uh, You know, feminist. Totally. Amazing. Well, and like she's not a total <laughs> bitch either. Like I said, she's yeah. just like she's not stuck up. She's not. She's just passionate. <laughs> she's very passionate. She's a romantic, as she likes to say. She is a romantic. Which, honestly, I am too. Yeah, yeah, I love that. The girls that get it get it. I also loved like the readability of this series because they're so short. Yes. I think it like breaks them up into good little chunks. And I also love how all of the ones like leading up to the last one, they all end on good cliffhangers. And it yes. just like, really pushes the series forward. Well, and I think there really is something to be said about not drawing out your books. Like, yes. I feel like so many, like, especially with like a fantasy genre, like so many authors, like if I don't hit like a minimum of 800 pages, is this even worth it? Because most of that's going towards like world building and yeah. whatever. Like I, you have to have that for sure. <clears throat> but like, it could very much be cut by a quarter for yeah, everybody. We talked about like in the second Crescent City novel. It was so long. 500 pages shorter this series like it kept things moving it kept things interesting and part of that reason was because it didn't drag things on yeah just giving you like a little taste in each book and like leaving me wanting more yeah I loved it I also am just like a huge Dexter stan and this was definitely giving Dexter vibe very reminiscent of that and so I think it was really cool to be able to see you know kind of that genre put into a literary form I agree and I think like it's kind of fun because it's like Dexter but it's not the same you know no like and Dexter, he well, he's in the FBI as well. But um, the one that he's really keeping it from the most is his sister, right? Rather than like a romantic interest. And so I think that really kind of like it adds like a a different level of. I, again, I'm going to use the word complexity for lack of a better word right now. But like, it just like makes it so much more interesting. Like the person yeah. that's supposed to know everything about you. Like the person that you're sleeping with doesn't know that you're the serial killer they're looking for. It's just like amazing. 
Definitely. No, I just, I love the the draws that you could see between the two. It's very, very yeah. exciting. I also love that even though like there are some very, very heavy topics being talked about in the novellas themselves, like she managed to add in like super very, like sweet, kind moments between the two main characters. Like I love a good meet cute at a coffee shop. Yeah. I love that. And like, I think it was also like, nice for the main character to have that sense of normalcy that she never has in her life. I 100% agree. Like I loved the normalcy that would be like kind of sprinkled in, but also on a more fun note, I loved the humor that was in there as well. Yeah. Because the humor itself was kind of dark, but it was funny, which actually I feel like that's a good segue. So before we started this recording, I spent a good like I don't know, 10 minutes looking for this like <laughs> specific quote. So for context, uh, this is when Detective Duke is staying with Lana and um, the boogeyman is like, you know, on the loose. And so he's staying there and teaching her some self-defense. So basically Lana knows more than him, but she can't let him know that because she's supposed to be normal. So she said, if you're going to choke someone face to face, you give them zero room between your bodies. But I obviously don't point that out. A good, sane, non-stabby girl wouldn't know that. And like, I giggled so hard at the uh, like term non-stabby girl. And I was just like, she's so real for that. She's tickled. But that kind of like leads us into uh, what Tabby pointed out to me. And I'm so dense. But the pen name St. Abby is Stabby. And she does that on purpose because all of her dark romances, stuff like that, she always uses the pen name S.T. Abby. I'm just so tickled by that. I honestly love it. It's so cute. In terms of, you know, things we didn't really like, there's a lot of focus on obviously like the mutilation, like the actual murders and like it is very descriptive. And when I first started this, like it was definitely marketed more as like, a smut or something like that and like you didn't get a lot of that but I did read how to very thoroughly castrate someone yeah I think that was what was most upsetting to me is like how detailed the torture and murder scenes were and then whenever they were having sex it was like it was basically a fade to black (laughs) um yeah like I needed something to balance out the horrors that I just read but it's like maybe if we could have just put like and like I I know it's not all about the smut or whatever but it's like I was looking forward to it yeah and like I I would be okay even if there wasn't a lot of smut I think I could have just done with less graphic detail about the torture (laughs) personally no Um, I agree but I get it I mean it's it is a horror romance like yeah I understand it's supposed to be horrifying at times so I'm not like like I get it but uh, I was just like, ew, that's making me sick to my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were some creepy parts. And we also, we already mentioned there's some editing things that could have, you know, been cleaned up. Um, but there are also some award-winning, cringe-worthy lines. And I'm just going to use an example. I think this is actually from the last novella, but it pretty much sums up the issue I was having throughout all of them. But this particular line says... My bestie is awesomely paranoid like that. And it was just giving 2014 Tumblr. It was giving like the nerdy glasses and emo haircut. And I just like, it's giving roar 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I just hated, like, how when she couldn't think of, like, a better descriptive word, she always used awesome. Yeah. So awesome. So awesome. So awesome. Um, You know what's not awesome? The word awesome. Agreed. Especially but... 1,200 times in a 98-page novella. Yeah, and, uh, like, not to come for her too hard, but, like, yeah, those are some things that I think, like, if they had been cleaned up, this book really would have gone from good to great for me. So, yeah, um, yeah, that was kind of, like, the list of things we didn't like as much. There is uh, some symbolism that's more prevalent in the first three novellas. Like, we'll start with the color red, um, which, it, I mean, it goes throughout all of the novellas, but it represents, like, the crimes committed against Victoria and Marcus, like, the reason why she paints a wall red is because their blood was running in the streets and it kind of represents her like taking control of that situation and like her anger and revenge um, at the crimes that were committed against her. And then the wax apple and nails. I love the nails. Okay, Me too. Because obviously like to her, they symbolize um, something really tragic, which is that um, the police like whenever they falsely accused her father of being a killer they actually murdered him brutally and part of that involved making him swallow nails but what I really love is like it reminds me of like those travel maps when you put a little pin in all the places yeah but really it's just her way of being able to cross the name off of her kill list without having it be like incriminating right um so I just I love it so much. I think it's like a cute little I think of I love that she takes it with her everywhere. Yeah, she's like nothing to see here. We are going to just follow up everything with a couple of discussion questions or some things that came up while we were reading the book that we were just curious about. The first one we have here is if you were Victoria, do you think you could have survived and turned into Lana to avenge your family? I don't think I'd have it in me. No, I couldn't. (laughs) No, unfortunately, I think I would have succumbed to my wounds immediately. Yeah, first of all, if I even lived. I would not have made it out of the hospital. <laughs> you know, let's just like, let's just pretend that we do. If I would have lived, I would have been so traumatized and so hurt <laughs> that I would have just tried to live my life with, with what little peace I could find. I, I don't even know if I could have done that. I just would have, I would have tried my best to move on. I would not have gone on this killing spree. No, the second I made a new name, like, yeah, that would have been it for me. Yeah, because, like, also she was able to, with the help of Jake, like, take over this identity that kind of helped her come into some money to, like, rebuild her life. And so I would have just been content with that. I'd be like, Jake, come away with me. And we would just, we would go and somewhere he else. he totally would have. Yeah, we would go somewhere else. It would have been so nice. So yeah, no, no, I I would not have survived. Like even if my brother was like avenge, like I would be like sorry. No, you silly goose. Like I'm not doing that. (laughs) Like I'm rest easy, King. You're just gonna have to haunt me, bro. I don't know. No, I'm a little wiener. Yeah. Same. (laughs) Um. So our second question is: If you were a law enforcement officer. Do you think you would be empathetic toward a killer like Lana if you, like, knew the whole truth? Yes. Because I feel like this is kind of one of those morally gray areas where Mm -hmm. the law is not always 
the right way. Like, yeah. I feel like it's very black and white when there's a lot of, you know, extenuating circumstances that come into play. And I feel like if they weren't going to, you know, follow the rules set by the law, then it's perfectly fine for her to take that into her own hands. Yeah, because like in this particular story, the law was part of the problem because the law was corrupt. And so it's like, if I were like a law enforcement officer that wasn't involved in that original situation, like I would look at it and I'd be like, I get it. Like, yeah, I it's like, I feel like she's probably justified in that. I would too, which Absolutely. to be honest, I would never be a law enforcement officer anyway, because I'm too cool for that. But for sure, for sure. Um, I ain't no narc. Would you ever be able to date an FBI agent like Logan, where he's always on call and needing to leave in the middle of your plans? I no. would not. <laughs> I would be so mad all the time. I would be like, you never make time for me. I never get to see you. <laughs> I am so mad. such a little baby. Yeah. And like when I need, like I love like quality time together. Mm-hmm. That's like one of my love languages. So now that would kill me a little bit inside. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to do it. And then I also would be like with Logan's job specifically, there are times when he's like literally in danger. And so I would also just like always be freaked out. Yeah, it's like that's just not for me. Really Mm -hmm. glad for the ones who find their true loves where they're fine with that. But it ain't me. Yeah, it would it would be a deal breaker. Like, I'm not saying I wouldn't like try if I truly was like in love. I think I would. But I I wouldn't try for long because I would be like, I just can't do this. Yeah, it's like, no, know what you need, you know? Yeah. It's better for both Never of you. Never settle, girly. Girly. <laughs> um, and um, then our last discussion question. Hypothetically, do you think you could get away with murder? Maybe. Hypothetically. Mm-hmm. I think if it was premeditated, if I had some time to really think about it, maybe. If See, it's the like thing spur is, of like, the moment, no. I don't think, like... In this day and age, it would be so hard. Like, if it was the 1950s, yeah. 1970s even, yeah. Maybe even 1990s, maybe. But, like... Yeah, I mean, they got away with a lot in the 90s. Yeah, because forensics was kind of, like, in the 80s. I think it depends on, like, the town you live in, too. Is it a small town? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I could get away with murder. The thing is, I feel like the only way that you could get away with murder in this day and age is if it was like completely random and, and no one suspected it. Did it again like I feel like you could only do it once and get away with it you know and, and it have would to have to be like just the most random person too like it could not be someone you're tied to like in any way it would have to be like truly random like you couldn't even like pick them out as a victim you would have to like close your eyes spin around with your finger out and, and grab the first person on. you see yeah like it would have to be so random you couldn't even be like I'm gonna do that person because then it's like okay well psychologically there could be reasons that you chose that person you picked that person out of a crowd no it has to be random yeah because there's actually no such thing as random in your brain your brain is always going to make some sort of connection yeah because your brain is not a computer and that's okay <laughs> and you shouldn't murder people either and, you know yeah. it's like let's preface this I by saying preface like by you saying. really shouldn't murder people and i also want to preface this by saying <laughs> i say preface this we've already said everything let's, but like, like I, really quick preface this again 
I want to follow up by saying um, one, I would never murder anyone. Like, I just wouldn't go out of my way to murder anyone ever. Um, yeah, and like, in time, response to that. Uh, like, I could see myself, like, maybe being in a situation where, like, self-defense, I ended up killing someone. But, like, even that, I don't think I could do I it. don't know if I could. I think, um, not to, like, mark myself as an easy target, but, like. <laughs> I think I don't have what it takes to survive. Um, will I try my best? Yes. Yeah. Will my best be enough? Probably no, it's not going to be much. I have a lot to live for, though. So I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll surprise myself. Um, it's like I am not strong <laughs> or <laughs> fast. But I am small and I do think I could easily hide and just avoid the situation. Yeah, I think that would be best bet for me is just to try to get away. I do think I could probably pro hide somewhere. Yeah, I do know, though, that a lot of times they say, like, even if you're not good at fighting, like still fight back, because a lot of times, like if someone's trying to like nab you off the street and you make like a ruckus. Yeah, like, they don't want us to draw attention to them. Like, they're looking for someone who's going to, like, freeze up and, like, go with them. So. Also, it's, like, if it is my home, there are so many ways to exit my upstairs that it's, like, I think I'd be okay. Yeah. And, like, you know where all those exits are and they wouldn't. So, it's, like, I think we got this. Yeah. I think I could do it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. As long as it's not, like, me interacting with them in any way. Yeah, like, they do need to be far enough away that I can be sneaky, and they don't know exactly where I'm going. But in conclusion, no, I don't think I could get away with murder. Yeah, same. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, those are our discussion questions. (laughs) The FBI listening to this episode, like... Yeah, no, I would never do that, so... uh, I Really, truly, I wouldn't. I'm not lying to you. Would I ever? No. Um... So join us next week. We're going to be discussing morally gray characters and antiheroes in literature. So Because there is a fun. difference. And then the week after that, we are going to be wrapping up the Mindfuck series with books four and five, um, which are super, super exciting. We are very ready to talk about those. Because we even kind of prefer those a little bit. So we'll talk to you next week. And as always, let's get lit. Let's get lit.